You're listening to Policy Currents, a weekly podcast from the RAND Corporation. I'm Deanna Lee. And I'm Evan Banks. Every Friday, we bring you new insights from RAND's latest research and commentary. It's November 18th. Last year, more than 6 million U.S. adults aged 65 or older lived with dementia. Globally, it's been predicted that increasing life expectancies will substantially increase the worldwide prevalence of Alzheimer's disease and related dementias from about 50 million to 150 million by 2050. But a new RAND study provides some good news related to dementia. Rates in the U.S. actually appear to be declining. Our data shows that the prevalence of dementia among older Americans declined from 12.2% in 2000 to 8.5% in 2016. That's nearly a one-third drop. Other findings provide insights about dementia based on race, ethnicity, and gender. For example, between 2000 and 2016, differences in the prevalence of dementia between black men and non-Hispanic white men has narrowed. There was a 7.3 percentage point drop among black men, compared to a 2.7 percentage point decline among white men. Additionally, while the prevalence of dementia was higher among women than men over the study period, the difference between women and men shrank. Among men, the prevalence of dementia decreased from 10.2% to 7%, and among women, it decreased from 13.6% to 9.7%. The decline in the prevalence of dementia is certainly a positive sign. It may help reduce the expected strain on families, nursing homes, and other support systems as the American population ages. But it's important to point out that disparities persist. Overall, the prevalence of dementia tends to be higher for racial and ethnic minority individuals, both among men and women. Notably, our findings indicate that education is a contributing factor to the reduction in dementia. This suggests that closing the education gap across racial and ethnic groups may be a powerful tool to reduce the inequalities related to dementia. Recent battlefield gains, including the liberation of Kherson last weekend, may be building Ukraine's confidence about retaking Crimea from Russian control. But according to RAND experts, the decision to launch a full-scale assault on Crimea is a difficult one. To start, Crimea is connected to the mainland of Ukraine by a strip of land only five miles wide, and it's likely well defended by Russian troops. Even a damaged or demoralized Russian army might be capable of blocking a land campaign. An amphibious attack is an option for Ukraine, but it lacks helicopter and other amphibious assault capabilities making such operations fraught. Russia's nuclear saber-rattling is another consideration, while Putin has recently said that Russia had, quote, no need to use nuclear weapons in Ukraine, an assault on Crimea could lead him to return to his threats. What about the upside? Could it be worthwhile for Ukraine to take Crimea militarily? Our experts point out that success could restore Ukraine's territorial integrity and its control of a naval facility on the peninsula. An attack could also provide enough leverage for Kyiv to pursue a full or partial Russian withdrawal. As Ukraine considers its prospects in Crimea, it would be wise to manage expectations about the potential outcomes there. 
Leaders in Ukraine may also want to consider input from Western partners, especially since an assault on Crimea could require Western military and intelligence aid. With the repeal of Roe v. Wade, an abortion ban in at least 13 U.S. states, there are concerns that personal data entered in period tracking apps could be used as evidence against someone who terminates a pregnancy. In response, some app developers have been making their privacy policies more transparent and giving users the option to remain anonymous. Still, many people have deleted these apps altogether, while others have attempted to flood apps with phony data to obscure real information. And, shortly after the Supreme Court's ruling in June, the My Body, My Data Act was introduced into the House of Representatives, intended to protect reproductive and sexual health data. However, the bill stalled out. According to Rand's Mary Lee, until there are new laws enacted that protect users' private data, it's up to individuals to safeguard themselves. But that may only be possible if app developers prioritize user privacy. One way to compel app makers to do this is to make it clear that it's in their business interest as a competitive advantage. For example, some period apps that promised better privacy policies than their competitors saw a surge in downloads after the Dobbs ruling, demonstrating the explicit consumer desire and a business case for improved user privacy. And leading tech companies like Apple have also shown that improved user privacy can be a major selling point. More app makers could stand to learn from these examples, says Lee, providing end-to-end encryption, collecting only the minimum information needed, providing an option to store data locally on a user's device rather than in the cloud, and limiting third-party sharing could all be offered as enhanced privacy features. Tech companies might view this as a burden, she says, but there will likely be profits for those companies that see it instead as an opportunity. Rand Research has shown that people struggle to distinguish between deepfakes and authentic videos. In fact, in a recent study in which about 2,000 people were asked to identify these fake AI-created videos, participants were wrong more than one-third of the time. Even computer science students at a top U.S. engineering university were susceptible to deepfakes. They were unable to sort them out from authentic videos more than 20% of the time. This could be a huge vulnerability that make deepfakes a potent tool for spreading disinformation. Consider this recent example. During the early stages of the Russian invasion, a deepfake of Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky urging Ukrainian forces to surrender was circulated. Now, this video was quickly debunked, but it's easy to see how such content could have had serious geopolitical consequences. Regulating deepfakes may pose a dilemma for U.S. policymakers. Several states have passed statutes prohibiting the release of deepfakes related to elections or child pornography. But regulations concerning other applications of deepfakes are not being actively considered. And while there are technologies being developed that help detect these falsified videos, deepfakes are currently winning out. Rand experts say that America might need a concerted effort to address this problem. Otherwise, the public could find itself, quote, drowning in a flood of deepfakes with potentially disastrous consequences. More than 2 million migrants crossed the southwest U.S. border in the last fiscal year. 
Among them were more than 150,000 unaccompanied children, plus more than half a million children and adults arriving as families. America's schools, already stretched to their limits, face many challenges in supporting the academic, linguistic, and emotional needs of migrant students. And one of the biggest challenges may be the most basic. Districts don't know how many students to expect. This makes it nearly impossible for schools to budget or plan appropriately, particularly when it comes to hiring new teachers and other support staff. According to RAND experts, solving this data gap would require greater collaboration, data sharing, and transparency across federal agencies. It would also require clearer communication from these federal agencies with state and local education policymakers, the people who most need to be prepared to educate this influx of new students. And, at minimum, federal agencies could take steps to ensure that existing data resources are regularly updated. Our researchers note that it's important to avoid tracking these vulnerable children so closely that it creates risks to their safety and well-being. Yet, there is far more that could be done to get schools the information they need to plan for this school year and beyond. RAND is a nonprofit institution that helps improve policy and decision making through research and analysis. For more on today's episode, check the show notes at rand.org/podcast. We're off next week. Have a happy and safe Thanksgiving holiday, and we'll see you on December 2nd.